Hello and welcome to another audio podcast from Navisite, which is a great way to catch up on some fresh thinking about some of the big issues facing IT professionals today. Technology leadership, strategy, business change, IT and technology transformation, and lots more. This edition is being recorded at the National Theatre. It's an organisation that really lives by its mantra, Theatre for All. So joining me today to discuss the relatively recent adoption of Microsoft Azure at the National Theatre is John Chain, Director of IT. Hi, John. Hiya. And George Tunnicliffe, Head of IT Operations. Hello, George. Hello. So, uh, John, let me ask you, how are you currently using Azure? So our primary initial um, service is to act as a storage space for our broadcast. So each year we record and broadcast 12 of our about 12 of our shows in 4k and that is broadcast around the world right in the nt live service so a lot of people have been to see that and that's usually a live recording for one night in the show and then an encore later so each of these produces a phenomenal amount of data right and that's just at the current 4k in the future at some point will be 8k and so forth and we are transitioning from a tape uh, backup to uh, an online uh, sort of backup version of that data because obviously they've got extremely fast data at the front so they need to operate huge files drag and drop and then there's some kind of slightly slower data for files they're working on but maybe need to retrieve in future and then we see Azure now as then the the final sort of storage storage copy not not necessarily the archive in the future but just a storage copy for for the next year um, where it might, might need to be re- recovered for another encore or, or a special performance. So that's that's where we're starting at is as a storage, a new storage service that we can offer the organisation. And George, tell me a little bit, a bit more broadly about your use of cloud. Um, I understand that you have uh, you know various aspects, private cloud, public cloud. T- tell me about that. Um, yeah, so, so we kind of, uh, through using our cloud first strategy, we then adopted various different forms of uh, cloud that suit us. So we kind of try and take it off the shelf and basically use the things that we need when we need them, really. And that's that's kind of the, the beauty of cloud. So um, we use platform as a service and software as a service quite often. So uh, Office 365, Forcepoint and Proofpoint. Uh, and that just gives us scalable tools that we don't need to interact with very heavily uh, because we're not managing disk space, we're not managing RAM, we're not managing throughput, uh, log files, or anything like that. And then we have the front end of our website on AWS, um, which allows us to uh, scale to meet demand. Uh, it allows us to uh, create quite a quick development cycle that we can deploy onto and also allows us to, uh, these days, manage costs uh, a lot closer. And then, uh, as John was saying, uh, we use Azure for storage at the moment and we use Azure Active Directory as part of Office 365. So I think that's where... We'll start to see a lot of, um, you know, Azure creeps into a lot of other Microsoft services now and and kind of is starting to link them all together. And is that the driver? Is it the Microsoft element? Um, Because you mentioned you use AWS uh, when you're considering public cloud. What's pushing you towards Azure? So I think think we haven't really necessarily picked Azure in one way. Uh, it's, It's the offering at the time at which we're looking. So... You know, uh, at the current time, Office 365 offers us uh, a lot of data layer protection, a lot of security and compliance tools, which match the way that we work and the, and the data flows that we work. Um, Azure offers us a very easy way to put 
uh, you know, large amounts of files linked to archiving tool that broadcast, you know, use. Uh, so it's an interactive way of managing our data. So it's easy, you know, it's secure, it's encryptable, it has those features. So let's use that. So, John, tell us about some any other plans that you've got around uh, cloud at the moment. Well, I mean, one of the things we're looking at this year is do we actually put desktops in the cloud, right? So we, we have a really old desktop estate. So what, why do we have a cloud strategy? We touched on one point uh, earlier, which was that we don't have the space. So a lot of organizations have whole floors that are free and they can just put a data center in there and they have a second office in another part and they can put the secondary there. We have neither of those things. And we have people rammed into this office, really crammed in. So we do want to make some space. The second thing we have is reliability of funding. Okay, so typically a data center and everything that comes with it is a capital requirement. And our organization is a hugely technical organization already. And its capital needs to go where it's best at use. And that means on the stage. So you think about that lighting cycle, the video cycle, you know, the stage engineering cycle, automation cycles, all of those things uh, just you know, suck up any capital that this charity, right, has. So for us, moving to the cloud is about switching from buying to renting. And that is a significant increase in reliability for me because renting is a more reliable funding source for me than capital. Right? Once I've established the business case for 50 grand a year for product X, I always get that. If it's capital, in five years' time, I have to ask for it again, right? I may not get it or I might get less than I want. So thinking about PCs, we have been putting off, you know, replacing the estate and we have some 10-year-old PCs and they're starting to really be a problem. So thinking about the next phase of that is, could we use desktops in the cloud? So we provide a very low-end equipment at this end, uh, a Chromebook, a Chromebox, some kind of a terminal, 100 quid, right? But then your desktop itself stays in the cloud and you can access it from home on a mobile device or on a terminal inside the building. And I think that's, I think that's something that you now see even just at the consumer end. Um, there are now uh, consumer desktops for gaming, for example. When we think about one of the reasons we keep some data here, it is for performance. So that data is the big broadcast data. Imagine that that broadcast data storage was co-located in the cloud with desktops capable of running the kind of software they might use to manage that. So you can now start to see that the whole processing unit could be in the future placed, co-located somewhere else. And again, even less space, cooling and power and redundancy required here. So I think desktops as a service is an emerging market area. It can sometimes be pricey, and we're really looking for that uh, to become uh, a truly viable option for us to jump forward. And if it, if it is, I think we would jump on it. Okay, so, George, I understand that um, you use another cloud platform for uh, ticketing. Can you talk me through that? Uh, yeah, so we use uh, Navisite's data centre provision, currently in Woken, but we can move it to uh, any of the other data centres. I think the the... The advantage that that gives us is not on site. That gives us redundancy against a physical location. Um, it also allows us to massively improve reliability, um, which we've definitely seen. Um, and, and we just uh, manage the software layer rather than, you know, again, and I keep going back to this, the same element with cloud. We don't need to worry about RAM. We don't need to worry about scalability, disk, disk space, log files, all those kind of things. We can focus on making sure that the the app itself is as stable as possible. And really, you know, working with the team at Navisite has given us a real insight into uh, how something that we use VMware vCloud Director, how that actually works and how to get the maximum out of that platform rather than trying to get the maximum out of uh, some RAM or something like that. 
you know, and that's allowed our team to really learn, uh, you know, a, a more of a cloud-first thinking. And John, just picking up on that ticketing system, many organisations rely on uh, really efficient ticketing systems. Where, where would you place national theatres in the sort of ranking of uh, efficiency and ease of use? The front end of our website was developed about three years ago, and I would say it's pretty state-of-the-art. We require something from our ticketing that not everybody needs, which is we want an accessibility part, right? So we are a mission-based organisation, not just, say, a commercial-based organisation. We want people to find the cheap seats. And we specifically have, I think it's 30% of our seats at less than £20 for every show, right? It's not just two token seats that are cheap. So we want you to come on. We want you to find the days you are able to, to, to come to the theatre and we want, we want you to find the cheap seats. So the system has to have that and I think that our front end does. What we've struggled with in the past has been reliability of the middleware and all of that stuff. So there are a few organisations I think who try to do select your own seat on high volume days. Most organisations go for best available. So you just get to say what's the next available seats. We Our requirement is for a, a sort of 80 per, transactions per minute uh, find specific seats, choose those seats. It's very stressful. And in, in the last year, we have done so much work to get that completely stable. Um, the last two on sales have been fantastic, but it's not without effort. The next phase for that is to simplify. We've gone for a very complex architecture in the past with ambitions for all kinds of add-ons that you might put onto that. Um, our next phase is to, again, staying entirely within the cloud, but reducing the number of components. We currently have a front-end in Drupal on one platform, a middleware on Amazon, another platform, and the back end at Navisite's private cloud. Right, We want to take out that whole middleware, really simplify it all down. So it, it has been our number one investment for the last two years because our members expect it. They pay a premium to come on first right, to see these seats that are so rare. I mean, that's the nature of us. Of a, of a, we're not running for 10 years. It's running for three months. There are only so many shows, 100, 100 shows, and there's only these seats, and uh, it's the, the pressure to be able to say that at 8.30 we go live with the sale and it runs for three hours um, is tremendous, far more than other other, other, other organisations because of that selection on CPAP. Just to add the, the testament to the work that the team have done to actually you know, really uh, focus on the reliability and get the most out of the platforms that we use, you know, getting the most out of AWS and getting the most out of uh, what Navisite do, the help that Navisite have given us, and you know, to really, really increase that, that throughput. I think when, when I started, we were, we were around 10, we're now that like easily hit 70 people a minute. And that and that's really good for, you know, people uh, getting tickets and making that platform more accessible. Excellent. Well done, guys. Uh, well, thank you very much, John. Thank you, George. And uh, that wraps up this edition of uh, this Navisite podcast. If you'd like to find more uh, about Navisite or any of the issues discussed, visit navisite.co.uk. Please keep an ear out for future editions for more ideas, insights, reflections on the big issues facing IT professionals today. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye.